I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who's been an ex. 3C Body Shop. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages. Or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. This is T.R. Sullivan, and you're listening to the Rangers Report Podcast. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at bdieter75. And my guest today is Christian Rao. Christian, how are you, sir? Hey, Ben. How you doing? It's been um, I've been really excited to come on your show. It's been a long time. Uh, I had you over on my show just uh, a few months ago, and I'm, I'm ready to talk some Rangers and talk some MLB baseball. It's been a fun first half. Yes, it has. We'll talk a little bit about what you do on your show, Christian. Awesome. Well, on the Rob Report, we cover really anything baseball related. We're not just a uh, specific team. We cover the MLB league wide. We also really consider some minor league baseball as well, especially all the really fun prospects coming up. Um, and all my work is over on slashersports.com. You can find us on Twitter at slashersports and then our website slashersports.com. That's where I dig into baseball and other sports as well, such as professional football, professional, professional wrestling. We're really getting into that now um, as well. And then obviously, of course, good old baseball. Oh yeah. I used to do a show years ago where I covered all sports and I miss it sometimes. I do love just doing the Rangers because research is a lot easier, but Mm -hmm. I did enjoy doing an overall sports show. So, (laughs) all right. Well, speaking of baseball, let's talk a little bit about the season to start off with. What has been for you? And then I'll give mine. What has been your biggest surprise teams, good and bad for the first half of the MLB season? Man. Well, first, first off, right off the bat, I had no idea that Yankees were going to be this good. Yeah. And when I was doing um, previews this season, I, I predicted the Yankees to be like third place in the division. I did not expect them to, to be where they're at. I thought Toronto was going to run away with the East. And yeah, obviously we we've known for the last few years that you can't count out Tampa Bay. And I still think that's a thing you can't do, Yeah, but I did not see the Yankees running off like this. And what they have done is incredible. And I hate the fact that I have to say that, And I'm sure that, you know, as Ranger fans, um, you will probably feel the same way, but 
it sucks to see that the Yankees are doing so good, but they are just incredible right now. And the sad thing is they're not done. Come August 2nd, you know, they're going to make some kind of move. It's the Yankee way and uh, they're only going to get better. So it's, it's scary knowing that that's a team that is already this locked in with, with over almost 60 wins. I think they're at 58 right now at the halfway point. And they are not even close to being in their October form. It's scary. No, and you know, what makes us mad down in this area is how many ex Rangers are on that team that we either traded to them or they picked up, you know, you got Joey Gallo, you got Isaiah Kiner Falefa, you got Jose Trevino, you got, I mean, and they're just cleaning up right now. They really have yeah, 58 wins by far the most in all of the majors. And like you said, I thought second or third, I thought Toronto was going to be better. I thought Boston was going to be better. And like you said, you can never count out Tampa Bay, but they've got what they've got four out of five teams with a winning record in their division. So the East is tough this year. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And then for my disappointing team, it stays in the American League and it's the Detroit Tigers. I yeah. thought the Detroit Tigers were going to be a team that we we're talking about in playoff contention. Uh, AJ Hinch, I thought he finally got his team together. They spent a lot of money to really get that going. Javier Bias hasn't really picked up. And, you know, thinking that the Austin Meadow trade was going to, was going to do good for them. And that has turned into an absolute disaster yeah. uh, with Austin Meadows over there. Pitching has been pretty decent but it makes you wonder if that pitching is going to go away. A lot of good potential to be happy for with Detroit with Riley green coming up after his injury. Torkelson has been kind of shaky, uh, you know, but th- they're just in a weird, weird way. They're not in any, anything like MLB purgatory. Like, you know, that Washington nationals team is, no, no. Um, that's just, that's not a surprise though. We knew that was going to happen, but Detroit is to me a certain surprise. I thought they were going to be running, not, the, not the AL central, but they were going to be running for one of those three playoff spots. Yeah, I thought they were too. My biggest surprise is the other New York team. I knew they'd be good again, the Mets, but man, they're 50 and 30 and they're, they're three games up over three and a half games up over Atlanta right now. And like I said, I knew the Mets would be good. They did a lot of building this, this year, but man, they look really good. And they played the Rangers just recently. And it was just one of those series where, I mean, the Mets just showed you that they can win in so many different ways. They've got pitching, they've got hitting, you know, they've got situational stuff. They've got great defense. They're a really fun team to watch this year. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And for the first time in we don't know how many years since the the Cohen took over over the Wilpons, they might not be done yet. Yeah, in this offseason. so we might be seeing two teams. Um, I'm I'm originally from uh, Western New York, so okay. seeing my brother loves the Yankees, <laughs> so I love any chance I can. I can I talk crap with the Yankees, but um, what, what one thing that he's been talking about is hey, this might be a repeat of 2000 yeah. with the Subway Series. Yep, um, and it it's hard to disagree right now. Both those teams look very good. No, I agree. And then my most disappointing would be the White Sox, who I thought were going to be a whole lot better than they are. I mean, they did a lot of pickups in the offseason. You know, they got Lance Lynn from the Rangers, who's now injured, and they just have not lived up to the hype. I mean, 38 and 40, they're not completely out of it, but they're definitely not uh, what people thought they were going to be in 2022. I thought, like you said, I thought they would be one of the wild cards at this point, and they are not right now. Yep, I agree. I thought that the Chicago White Sox was going to run away with this division. I cannot get the AL central right for the last two years. The, the year before I thought the Minnesota twins were going to run away with it. And then they turned out to have a fluke season. Looks like Chicago's kind of running into that all for different reasons though. Yeah. There's just so many chemistry issues. Who knows? Like the Tony La Russa saga. I think that needs to end. I, I, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you hear it with a lot of injuries. That's not helping whatsoever as well, but I would like to see Chicago try to figure it out. It's cool to see the twins do what they're doing right now. I mean, Byron I Buxton just got a 
triple play yeah. against the White yeah. Sox the other day. N- not the Twins. Byron Buxton got that triple play. Yeah, that, you that are throw, right. That throw was insane. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, I just can't figure him out. And it's it's crazy that both of us say that there's disappointing teams in the same division because yeah. that division is just such a wild card. I think the biggest wild card in all in baseball. Yeah, I agree with you because the 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 AOS where my where the Rangers are kind of panning out like we thought. The Rangers and the Angels are flopped from what I thought, but that, and that's another team. But they're always disappointing, so I didn't really mention them as my most disappointing team. The Angels always find ways to get. I mean, the Angels have had the best player in baseball for the last seven or eight years, and now they have a once in a lifetime player in Shohei Otani. You know. And they are just terrible. And speaking of that, I wanted to get your thoughts on, I'm sure you saw the big brawl that Seattle and the angels had last weekend. Um, it got pretty ugly. I think 12 people were suspended out of that brawl. You don't see brawls like that in baseball very often. That was an actual fight. That wasn't a baseball fight. Yeah. You don't see them very often anymore. Maybe 25 years ago, or maybe yeah. you turn on an old Baltimore Orioles game with Earl Weaver at the helm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you would, but not anymore. Yeah. Um, real fast speaking about those angels that you're, you're right. Not calling a disappointing team. Cause it's almost like what we've seen with them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a shame to see what happened with Rendon going down with injury, Yeah, but there's just a lot of things that need to get fixed with that team. It's, it's a shame because I know you're a Rangers fan. Um, but it'd be cool to see Mike Trout get the playoffs. If well, he's one of the say, greatest, I, yeah, yeah I'll, say, I'll, greatest. I'll be honest. As much as I don't want the Rangers, I mean the Angels to do well, I do. I mean Mike Trout is a stand-up guy. Shohei Otani, you can't dislike him. I liked Joe Madden, you know, before they let him go. But uh, I would like to see Mike. I mean, since the Rangers aren't going to be in the playoffs this year, I would love to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani make a run. But it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Uh, speaking of this brawl, though, this brawl was was absolutely wild. Jesse Winker had some issues going on with uh, some prior uh, pitch before in a few games. And Phil Nevin, I think, really set off the tone because yeah. there was some issues in talking um, in, in the pen. Now, Phil Nevin obviously stepping in as interim manager because of 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 Madden being relieved of his duties. It makes you wonder that if this would have still happened if Joe Madden was there now. Do I think Joe Mann still should have been the manager? No, there's a lot of questions around, you know, circling around that. However, Phil Nevin really took the um, the old school approach, if you will, on on um, on thrones at the players and, and making it a big deal. But this brawl yeah. was absolutely insane. One of my one of my favorite things, and again, no nothing has changed here. John Boy Media does one of the coolest things breaking down wild events. And I don't know if you saw it, but they broke down this entire brawl and they showed how, for example, Justin Upton, who's on the Seattle Mariners, he got in the bottom of the pile and you saw Mike Trout run in and actually get Justin Upton out of the pile. So he wouldn't get hurt. You know, former angel want to get him out of there. Shohei Otani goes to step in and his translator's like, no man, you're not going in. You're Shohei Otani. (laughs) And then you got Archie Bradley jumping over the side, breaking his elbow. Yep. It's it's such a wild thing happening. And that's probably the reason why you don't have these brawls anymore. We have social media. We have these post-game conferences that they can speak out their minds and talk about what's going on. They don't have to wait till the newspaper coming out the next day or even, you know, you know, for other uh, other times you can get out with exactly how you feel and what you want to say about these players right away. And that probably saves some of these brawls like we used to see 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. And how much more money is in baseball right now? Exactly. I mean, these guys getting hurt, they make way too much money to hurt themselves on a brawl like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think it's bizarre. I don't think there's any spot in the game for it. I think that if you find a way to, if you, you know, 
bench is clear and you yell at each other, fine, whatever. But if punches are thrown, suspensions are warranted. And I think MLB did a good job here making that happen. I don't think there's any room in a game for headhunting anymore. Uh, It used to be a way to change the game, but you see it with all these big players. And we've heard it more this year, I feel, than any other year. Some of the top stars being more vocal about it, saying like Nolan Arenado with the the big one against what was the Cubs, I think it was. Yes, yes. I think it was Cubs or Mets. I can't remember. Um, And there was a brawl there this season. And he was talking about how if you're going to hit me in the ribs, go for it. But you got to do it the right way. So there is a custom to it if you so will there's a certain standard that must happen but if they go past that standard then obviously it's going to escalate which we saw in this brawl there's no place for that in this game anymore and i think that's as far as needs to go so good on mlb for for putting down these suspensions do i think that there was enough suspensions i mean Mm. you can't you can't get them all right phil nevin got got 10 games is that enough jesse winker got seven is that enough Probably not, but again, you know, and they'll, they'll fight some of these suspensions and all that, but yeah, I think everyone knows, like, I know, uh, who was it that flipped off the crowd uh, for Seattle? Um, That was Jesse Winker. Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And he said immediately after the game that he regretted doing that, you know, like right away, he was in the moment. And Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of them probably regret their actions during that big fight. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, well, that, I figured that'd be fun to talk about. So, all right, let's do a little Rangers talk. I know you follow baseball in general, but the Rangers I put in your the notes are in second. I went back and looked and forgot Seattle had passed them up, so they're actually in third place. But uh, I have never seen this before in my life. The Rangers have gotten one game under 500 four times in June, and every time they did, they went on a three-game losing streak. They cannot get to 500 to save their lives, which, you know, I predicted them at 72 wins this year. So they finished at 500. That's a what 22 game improvement over last year where they only won 60. So that would be awesome, but man, they just can't get there. And it's been amazing to watch them get so close and then just miss it by two or three games every single time. I've never seen a team that just like they're, they're averted to it or they're allergic to it and they can't get to that 500 mark. Yeah. From the outside perspective, looking on the Texas Rangers, you hear people who don't follow the Rangers, but just follow MLB as a whole. Like, man, they got Marcus Simmons. They got Corey Seager. They have this amazing player in Martin Perez, who's just really going out of this world this year. Yeah. Why are they not leading the West? But if you really think about it, they're doing fantastic. Yeah. You just said it, the swing. If you, a few years ago, if you don't count 2020 season, because mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, that was, you know, an asterisk season that we're probably always going to talk about for years to come. Yeah. But in 2019 to 2021, the Detroit Tigers, just for an example, had a 12 game win, sh- win swing, yeah. you know, in improvements between 2019 and 2020. That's very impressive. Yeah. You just said that it could be a 20 game swing yeah. for the Texas Rangers. That is worth the money that the Texas Rangers have spent. Yes. 100%. If you make a 20 win, swing, then you are doing everything in your power. Does that mean that you're a playoff team? Well, no, not necessarily, um, but it is putting you in the right direction. Exactly. And you know, the Rangers do have what I think number three or four uh, minor league system in all of baseball right now with, you know, Jack lighter and Cole Reagans and Josh young and all these guys they have down in the minors. But yeah, you mentioned Martin Perez, you know, I mean, nobody, and I mean, no one, you saw him in, in Boston last year. Nobody saw right. what he's doing right now happening this year, including oh, yeah. us Ranger fans. I mean, didn't I say he was the pitcher to watch on? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that on your show. <laughs> I should have though, but no, he has impressed me. And he, I mean, his month of may was just amazing. 
Yes, absolutely. His month of May was absolutely out of this world and deserved AL Pitcher of the Month. If I remember correctly, it was a 0.64 ERA or that something. That is correct. Yes. Wow. Look at that. I, I put that, <laughs> came that out of my hat, but I know it was, I know it was below, uh, below yeah. one, but very good. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible by, by this guy. And there's no way you could have expected this because if you look back at his years in Boston um, and even his little stint in Minnesota, mm-hmm. he was a, at best, a sub three ERA guy, you know, yeah. 3.5, 3.6 ERA yeah. guy. Um, and you're seeing him now, I think in the 2.3s, that's probably Correct. where yeah. you're seeing him level out. Makes you wonder how long can he keep this up? Yeah. And will you finally see the old Martin Perez come back? Hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. But if it does, is it a good idea to maybe chip him away? Well, and it gives, it gives a, yeah, it gives an interesting decision for the Rangers coming up because obviously they're not going to compete in 2022, but 2023 and beyond, they plan on trying to compete. So if he can do this, you want him, but do you take the chance, trade him off, pick up some more really good prospects, you know, right now while he's hot or do you hang on to him? It's going to be interesting to see what the Rangers do with Martin Perez. Absolutely. You ever see those crazy YouTube videos or like how I turned a hundred dollars or I turned a penny into a hundred dollars. Yeah, well, yeah. the Texas Rangers could do that with what they've had so far, yeah. what they, the trade of Lance Lynn, they got Dane Dunning and Dane Dunning has been incredible for the Lance Lynn trade. Cause who yep. knows if Lance Lynn was going to resign with you, right? Yep. Um, the Joey Gallo trade, we've already seen fantastic oh, yeah, returns yeah. from Joey Gallo yeah. trade. Um, Otto, just to name one. I mean, yeah. you could go, even farther with the other ones, but auto has been fantastic. Yep. Now we don't know the Kyle Gibson trade. Okay. That one might not have been as the best one, but okay. Yeah. It's still a, a chance. But if you look at the other trades, what if you turn in a Martin Perez into something like the Lancelin trade or something yeah. like the Joey Gallo trade? The only thing, the only caveat to that is that we don't usually see amazing pitching change at the deadline. If you look at since yeah. probably Verlander has really been the biggest yeah. trade piece that's happened at the deadline because the return is so high. Yep. So if they're the only one on the market that might ship out someone, they might take a lower return than Perez is worth at that time. Yeah. Yeah, you are is correct. It still worth in the future. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think Perez is someone who you should really keep an eye out for the next month, you know, less yep. than less than a month now is August 2nd, the trade deadline. He's on my radar because there are definitely teams who are going to look for pitching. You hear about the Reds pitching going, maybe Miami might be selling, but Perez is a guy that you really want to pay attention to. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think the Rangers have a big decision to make. Cause I think they're, I think they're going to do a little of both at the deadline. I think they're going to add and subtract. I think they're going to bring in controllable guys that they can have for the next few years. And I think they might move someone like a Perez or someone, if they can, he doesn't have a lot of value, but someone like a Charlie Culbertson or a Brad Miller, who's just kind of there to fill in until some of the younger guys are ready, which like you said, the Joey Gallo trade, you've already seen Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, you know, in the major league levels, making a difference, you know, making an impact. So, and then you can already answered this, but I wanted to ask you from the outside, not as a Rangers fan, a lot of Rangers fans are screaming that Simeon and Seager are a bust, but do you guys see it that way on the outside? Well, it's originally you want to say yes, especially at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they were both Simeon, bad right? at the beginning. They were yeah. both very bad, but, but Simeon look, was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And right now at the, so at the beginning of the season, I would be, I was super concerned about Simeon, super concerned about him. Yeah. Now I think it's the other way around. I think if there's any concern, it's more towards Seager right now. Um, because Seager's like, if you look at one set that I really like to look at, I'm not a batting average guy by any means. I think that's one of the most outdated stat, 
Yeah. But I like OPS. I think OPS, you know, puts in the right tracks. If you're close to the 800 mark, okay, you're a above average guy. I, I like that. That's a really good snapshot right off the bat. Yeah. I, when I when I was getting ready for this podcast, Seeger is at a 716 OPS right now. But his last few years when he was MVP, Seeger was in the 940s, 950s. That is concerning. See, yeah. Semyon's OPS is lower than Seeger's right now, but his ceiling is not as high as Corey Seeger. Correct. Right. So Seeger needs to be your core guy. You know, when you talk about what's your core four, or core three, or whatever players you you want to consider in your baseball team, both of those guys are in your core right now. There's yeah. no doubt oh, about yeah. it. What the money you spent on it alone alludes to that. But if you had to pick one, Corey, or Corey Seager is that guy. Yeah. The, the age, the contract. Yeah. And it's concerning that he's only hitting just above a 700 OPS where he should be in that 900 close yep. to a, over a one OPS. And where Simeon has started, he's hit what eight or nine home runs in the last six weeks. So right. he's starting to pick it up, but man, when he was batting 089 at the end of April, there are a lot of Rangers fans that were screaming, Oh my gosh, we have this guy for seven more years. And you know, one thing I looked at was last year, he had the 40 plus 40 plus home runs mm-hmm. for Toronto, but he played a lot of his games in a minor league ballpark in Buffalo. He sure did. And, you know, so that a lot, lot easier to hit home run out of that one, you know, and I'm just saying, but I still think he's a good player. I still think he'll finish with 25 to 30 home runs this year. And I think he'll wind up close to a 300 batting average. I think he'll wind up being fine, but Seager, I'm with you. I'm more worried about Seager because he is not, he is not looking like the Seager that, that we saw win the world series in, in the Rangers ballpark there in Arlington. But again, let's swing it right back full circle here, Ben. And where are we at right now in the Rangers in, perspective wins at the end of the season again a 20 game win swing yeah with Simeon with Seager both of them not doing what they should be so if this is the year they figure it out with the new ballpark with the new hitting staff the coaching staff and then next year they absolutely rake and then for years to come yeah well then that's exactly what we need so I I would be I would I would be somewhat concerned but I wouldn't be you know running out the door and, you know, starting a fire sale by any means. The problem is a lot of Rangers fans are, are football fans first. And they think they have that football mentality that, you know, every game matters. I'm not saying in baseball, every game doesn't matter, but you know, it's 160 games. So basically every 10 games is like one NFL game. So if you have an eight game losing streak, that's really not that big of a deal. Or if you have a streak, you know, where you go over 30 at the plate, it's not like a quarterback, you know, that's not a game and a half of throwing the ball. That's, you know, what, four or five games. And then you move on to the other 150 something games. So I agree, but I don't think it's a big problem. And again, people that want to complain, you look at it, the swing is amazing. They are already way more entertaining and way better than they were in 2021. You find, you find five teams in the last 10 years who've had a 20 game win swing. There's, yeah. you, you can't, there's no. absolutely, you can't. and there might be two this year, yeah. but, and Texas Rangers might be one of them. You know, the Baltimore Orioles might be another one, yeah. um, but the, the Texas Rangers are one of those teams as well. And that is super impressing in itself. And that will lead to the right moves being made next off season. It's a big chess game. And, and yep. if te- Texas is doing it right, if they stay the course and, and just like you said, come yeah. August 2nd or before, they ship out the people who are no longer in the plan and bring in some controllable contracts to make sure that they are ready for 23, 24, 25 yep. in the future. So I yep. really like where Texas is sitting right now. Um, they're, uh, Houston's not going to be stopped, unfortunately. And we no. can talk about that probably when we talk about what's going to happen in the second half. Yeah. 
Um, but Texas is, is, is doing fantastic. I wouldn't be, if I was a Texas Ranger fan, I'd be very excited. I would not have any disappointments at all about what's the future to come for this team. No. And I'll say, you know, we're happy on this podcast with it. We got, uh, several others that I listen to that are happy, but our listenership is up and that always happens when they start succeeding and doing well, you know, it was dreadful last year, but so was the team. <laughs> and that's when we really started hitting the minor leagues a lot harder. And that that's helped as well. Cause man, if you haven't seen it, they've got some of the best minor league teams in all of baseball right now. The Rangers are killing it. They had their Frisco Rough Riders the last two games. They won 13 nothing and 11 nothing. Just Oof. they can pitch and hit, which is super dangerous. That's fantastic. I've watched a couple of uh, leaders starts yeah. um, on, on on minor league TV yeah. um, just because I, I loved him at Vanderbilt and I yeah. know he's going to be uh, he's going to be the next big thing. So um, I am very excited to see him come up. I just I'm, I'm almost glad that they are not competing because that means they're not going to rush guys like correct. That. Yep. That so is correct. I'm, I'm actually really excited that they're going to give him a fair swing when I hope it continues, yeah. you know, maybe set him up to invite him to spring training next year and give him a, a chance to make a spot next year, but don't even think about calling him up next. Cause he hasn't even hit triple a yet. Right No, He has not. I think he's a late addition in 2023, maybe September call up. I like that. I yeah. like that. All right. Well, let's do some awards for the first half of the season. A lot of people like to do these. I like to do them as well. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. So we'll start in the National League. Who do you have for the first half of the season as your National League MVP? I think this is a unanimous one. I think this one is just absolutely. I, if you have someone different than this, I think we might have to throw fisticuffs. But I think <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt is just out of this world right now. I think that he is just running away with it. I think if there was a an overall MVP of the entire baseball league, MLB, he would be that guy. I think Goldschmidt is just absolutely incredible right now. I think that he is putting himself in the category of being a hall of fame player with what's going on this year. I, I love everything that Paul Schmidt's going to do right now. He is making Cardinals games fun again. And yeah. you know, you, the Cardinals have this great history of first baseman and he's just making it, you know, continue on the course. But I think, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. And I, and I think that that's, I think that's where you end that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love to say I disagree with you, but that's exactly who I had as well, because he's just been he has been amazing for the Cardinals. He really has. All right. Who do you have as your NL Cy Young winner for the first half of the season? This one gets interesting it because there, there are a lot of really fun teams going or fun pitchers going on. Yep. Um, I like Sandy Alcantara. That's who I like, but I mean, but there are plenty of other pitchers who can really be in this swing, Um, but that's who I'm going to stick with. I think Sandy has really taken over um, that team in Miami. I hope that they find they hang on to him and they never get let go of him because Miami needs to figure their stuff out. Yeah. Um, but they have two great pitching in Pablo Lopez and him, but Sandy's really taken off. And I think that he, I think he deserves to be the Cy Young so far this year. Corbin Burns is not slowing down though. If you look at his stats from last yeah. year, he's not slowing down. Sandy's just doing better. Um, so Corbin's still in that mix as well, but that's who I got Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, see, Corbin Burns was one that I I considered a whole lot just because, again, since last year, he has been pitching so good. You know, 236 ERA in the first half is pretty darn good. You know, you can't complain about that. Uh, I I think I'm going to go with the Dodgers' uh, Tony Gonsolin. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. is a 154 ERA. He is striking out a ton of people. He he really has pitched very well in the first half of the season for a team. And you know that's the thing too. It usually goes to a team that's really competitive, and Miami's not. Even though Sandy is having a fantastic season, and I you know you've seen it happen. Felix Hernandez won at once on a really bad team, yep. but he had 20 wins on a really bad team. So I think both of the either of our choice I think is a good choice. Both those guys are having a fantastic season. I agree completely. Yeah, I think Tony is also really good. Yep. Uh, I don't think that his um his ERA is underinflated because of the team he's on because there has been some hitting issues with the Dodgers in yep. some games especially against Colorado for some reason. Um but yeah, I, I really like that one too. Re- really good pick. All right, how about rookie of the year for the National League? This one again is also really interesting because yeah. the favorite is O'Neill Cruz, but O'Neill Cruz has only been about 3 weeks into it. Um, into, but he's been fantastic. I mean, did you see the, the, the throw that he had? The I other did. Day? Yeah. So it was, it was a 97 miles an hour. Uh, he's incredible and he's going to be incredible, but it's hard for me to pick him as my rookie of the year candidate right now. He might be the overall winner, um, with only three weeks of, of play. I'm giving it to Mackenzie Gore right now. Okay. I think Mackenzie Gore from the San Diego Padres has really, you know, stepped up. I think he's been fantastic um, in his outings. I think that team has been, I'm sure we'll talk about that in just a moment, how I feel about the San Diego Padres, but um, that's where I'm going with Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. Um, I went with O'Neill Cruz just because, mm-hmm. I mean, again, he's the favorite and I don't watch as near as much national league ball as I do American league. Uh, but yeah, I, I know that it's been, it's been pretty fun to watch though. And, and doing my research for this, this segment was kind of fun too. So, all right. Who, what manager do you think has done the best this year? And that's where it comes in again, the San Diego Padres. I think yeah. Bob Melvin deserves the manager of the year award right now. They're not leading the NL West, but they are neck and neck with the Los Angeles Dodgers without Francisco Tatis Jr. with a couple questions going on with their pitching staff with, um, you know, some issues going on at, at first base right now. So I think there are a lot of questions still be answered with San Diego Padres. I think you will see a lot of buying power yeah. happen with San Diego before before this month is over. And what Bob Melvin has done with this team if you watched him in Oakland, you knew he was a great manager yep. for what he did with those teams in Oakland over the years. I'm sure exactly. you're happy to get him out of your division. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's just moving in and you could see it right off the bat in spring training when the whole injury with Tatis happened, how he handled that team in interviews was showed that that is exactly what this team needs, what kind of yep. manager they needed. And he is par for the course, taken off with it. So Bob Melvin, and I think that continues. I think he's going to be the manager of the year. He yeah, was my preseason for, pick, by the way, for yeah. manager of the year. Just for sake of argument, I was hoping you'd pick someone else, but no, because I had the same one again and watching him in Oakland, I know what he can do with even a not good roster. And he has, he has, I mean, he's just such a player's manager and he's such a smart baseball guy, such a super smart baseball guy. I love watching him manage. I mean, that was the one thing the A's, were so frustrating all those years because they weren't everyone at the beginning of the season. Okay. This is the year they're finally rebuilding. They're no good. And then they win 92 games under Bob Melvin, you know, it's just crazy. So this year, finally with him gone, the A's are bad, but <laughs> 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 all right, let's move on to the American league. Who do you have as your American league MVP? I think that a lot of people will say Aaron judge because of what he's done with his home runs. And that's immediately what I wanted to say. It was Aaron judge. But when I looked into it a little more, I was really surprised at how many stats and how many awards that, well, I should say stats of leading league leader awards that Raphael Devers has taken over this so far this season. Um, Now, 
he has been very good all year. Um, Jose Ramirez has been very good all year. That's yep. there. I know there's a battle for third base for the AL voting, but what Raphael Devers has done, especially these last few, these few uh, weeks in, in MLB, he's my favorite for AL MVP right now. I took Devers. I will say that it's going to be a close race and, you know, usually the long ball wins that yeah. kind of race. Yeah. So if judge winds up, you know, crushing, 10 more than his second place. He'll probably wind up doing it, but I like Devers as my MVP choice right now. As good. And I went, I did go with judge just because of the home runs usually win it. And again, Devers has been good. Um, you know, Xander Bogarts is having a really good year as well for Boston, but I think it's going to be judge at least at half the halfway point. I give it to judge. And if he continues playing like he is, I think it's probably going to wind up being judge. Yeah. All right. Cy Young in the American league. This one again comes out to, I think that, I think the Cy Youngs on both sides are going to be the more exciting award winner when you find out who it is. You know, um, this year, you know, Martin Perez, who we just talked about, I think is still in the running. I think there are two pitchers that are a little above him right now, and that's Shane McClanahan of the Tampa yes. Bay Rays. Um, and right now, you could probably easily hand it to him. But I think that, and I, oh, I'm sorry, say this out loud, okay? I know this is probably going to hurt your ratings a little bit, but Justin Verlander, I think, is really what he's done so far this year after coming off his injury and coming back. And, you know, you like, you see this a lot. You've seen this a lot with All Star Awards as well. Sometimes it's not always about the stats, it's about yeah. how they got there and made it happen. Um, so I can see Justin Verlander taking the AL Cy Young Award winner. But I think stat-wise, I think it's McClanahan. I think this yeah. guy take it. But Verlander's my choice. And for the record, I am an old Dominion alumni. So <laughs> I had to, I have to, you know, get that in there. Well, Verlander was going to be my choice. The more, the more and more I thought about it, didn't know if I could do it. If it had been after May, it would have been Martin Perez, but he's cooled off a little bit in June, but no, it was between McClanahan and Verlander. And I think, I think it's going to be McClanahan because I'm actually later going to give Verlander another award. That's fair. That's fair. I think McClanahan, I mean, he is unbelievable right now. He really is. I got a quick question for you. Say Martin Perez just really takes off and winds up being the Cy Young winner. But he does it on another team as he's traded. Does that con- you consider that a a, a loss for the Rangers? Uh, I would consider it. I wouldn't consider it a Rangers win as far as okay, him being fair. being the Cy Young. But I would say that they had a hand in it. So <laughs> fair, fair. But yeah, I wouldn't consider that a win all the way. So, all right, American League Rookie of the Year. American League Rookie of the Year, I think, is a no doubter in my mind. Um, Julio Rodriguez is just absolutely, if you are, if you're the first player in modern history to be to do only in what 81 games or whatever it was to get 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases, then yeah, yeah, you deserve the rookie of the year award. I love that he's stealing bases because it's a lost art and he's doing it and he is doing it very efficiently. Uh, I really like this guy. Uh, I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. Jr., right? Yeah. I mean, this guy yeah. is very fun to watch. He is. It's just a shame that they can't put anything else around him right now. Um, yes. I think that they will figure it out eventually because yeah. Seattle usually does all right. Um, Depato's just a complete wild card in my mind. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, Julio Rodriguez by far is my AL MVP. That one was way easier than the NL one. I agree. I, and I'm exactly the same. I couldn't come up with anyone else that even deserved it. So, all right. What about manager of the year in the American League? Yeah. So as much as I hated to pick this one, because at the beginning of the show, I said how surprised they was, what this New York Yankees team is doing. It's hard for me not to pick Aaron Boone. I mean, with 58 wins already on the year, they're on pace to possibly break the Mariners uh, win record. I mean, if they, if they stay on this pace and, and they win, 
the AL East out of all divisions by over 10 games, how can yeah. you not give it to them? Yeah. I mean, for year after year, this has been the hardest division in baseball. And if he finds a way to, to take off and, and do that, it's hard not to give that manager your award to him. Well, I don't want it to be him, but I think you're right. You yes, know, my, I agree. I don't either. My second choice would be if Minnesota can somehow hang on and, and wind up with 95, 96, 97 wins. But it's I mean, like you said, it, the way the way they're playing, the way he's managing, the way that team is working for him, it's got to be him right now. And we're, we're doing it as of right now. That's what we're doing midseason. I agree. It's got to be him right now. So. For for me to give Minnesota the manager year award, they got to win a playoff series first. No, I know? would agree. I would agree with that a hundred percent, which they have trouble doing. All right. And then American league comeback player of the year who came back this year that has, has surprised you that he's playing so well. Well, I did. I was, I had a hard time actually finding these because, you know, yeah. And initially comeback player of the year, it, you know, it's really cool to see, but yeah. Um, right off the bat, my mind comes to Mike Trout after being out all year and, and still taking off and being in the top five and in, in yeah. war in baseball right now. And you could obviously put him in the MVP case yeah. any year that he's healthy. Um, so that's where I put an AL comeback of the year, but I think you got a different one. Yeah. I'm going to do Justin Verlander after missing. I mean, he's almost 40 years old, <laughs> you know, Tommy John surgery missed a year. Yeah. comes back and is up for possibly being the Cy Young for this year. I mean, you can't overlook that. That that is I mean, at that age it, everyone no one would have uh, no one would have thought it was weird for him to hang it up and say all right, I'm finished, you know, playing. But he comes back and not only is he playing, but he's probably the best or the second best pitcher in all of the American League. So, I would give it to Justin Verlander. If he does not win the Cy Young award, I think by far he deserves that. I agree, um, but I, I think he'll probably wind up being the Cy Young winner, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't think you des- I don't think you should get both. No. I don't think you should. I think that, you know, if you well, like get last of- year, like last year, they didn't give uh, they didn't give Cy Young to Shohei Otani because he won MVP. Right. He could have gotten both. Yeah, I don't think they should ever do that. I think that once you get it should be a pinnacle, right? If you get yeah. MVP, you're no longer eligible for the other ones. If you get yeah, Cy Young, you're not, you know, same thing. So on. So I yeah, awesome here. All right, before we wrap it up, let's look at the second half. We have another half of the, of baseball to go right now. And these were our predictions are our, 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 let's do our predictions. Now seeing the first half of the season, who is going to make it to the playoffs and who do you think we see battling it out in the world series this year? All right. Well, we talked about, it could be a possible subway series. Yep. Um, it, it's really hard to disagree with that, but I'm going to, for the sake of this (laughs) argument, because there's no way that I'm going to predict that because I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Um, But you know, the New York Yankees, I don't think they're going to slow down. I think they're going to get better. August is, you know, the trade deadline on August 2nd, they're going to add some stuff. Yep. Um, We could see maybe the shipment of your old friend, Joey Gallo going somewhere else. I know Mm -hmm. that's a big rumor happening in the, um, the aspects of Yankee media, but I think the Yankees win the AL East. And I think that at least two of those teams in the AL East with Boston, Tampa, and Toronto are a wild card team. Yep. So that leaves only one wild card spot left um, for the first time ever for other divisions to take off with that. Um, I think Houston is going to continue and win the West. Um, yep. I think that they have just, you know, they started off slow, but they've, there's a reason that they've made it to the ALCS for four years in a row. Yes. Um, I think that we, I think that we, you know, in the real aspect of, you know, major baseball looking at it, they like to sleep on that, you know, with the departure of Carlos Correa and the departure of, you know, a couple other people, they like to sleep on that. Well, Houston's going to make us, you know, regret that probably. All right. So with the AL central, um, you know, it's hard 
to figure out what I'm going to do, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but the Minnesota Twins look really good. Just like you said, if they can figure out a way to win 95, 96 wins, um, Baldelli could be in the, in the you know talks for manager of the year. Yep. Um, but when it comes to that final playoff spot, I have to give it to whoever finishes probably second place in the West, Ben. Yeah. And that might be your Texas Rangers, right? There is a chance. It, there is a possible chance. So there's a chance that you could see a 20 game, 20 game win streak or win swing. I'm sorry. Yep. 20 game win streak would be nice too, but that would be, um, <laughs> and a chance to make that third playoff spot. Um, now, is there a possibility that all three could come from the AL East? If you look at the standings, that's what's happening right now, but Correct, I have, yeah. I have a feeling that one of them will fall off. Yes. Um, something tells me that's going to be the Boston Red Sox, but we'll see what happens. I think the Boston Red Sox are going to make some kind of selling uh, at the deadline. I think that they're going to take a step back, but that's just my thoughts. We'll see what happens there. And then on the NL side, um, I am really looking forward to what happens with the the NL West, because I think the San Diego Padres are going to really step up once that comes back and find a way to win that West. And I think that does happen. The East is obviously going to be a fun one as well. Yep. Um, Mets are, you know, doing very well, but the Braves are taking off again. Mm-hmm. The Phillies are an interesting team. I, I can't ever get a hold on them. What's going on. They've got a resurgence once they fired Girardi and then the Miami Marlins are not out of it either. So Miami yeah. Marlins are only about four games out of the wild card, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, they will be a team to watch this month to see what happens with their team at the deadline, because I think that they have some pieces they could move. Um, so if they decide to do that, then obviously they're not going to be a wild card contender anymore. Um, but if they don't decide to do that and decide to add, that would be a very interesting move as well. I don't know if that will happen because that's the reason Jeter left in the first place, money issues. Right. Um, But we'll see what happens in the future, but talking about world series, I, I don't want to say Yankees, but it's hard not to, right? (laughs) The New York Yankees are going to make it to the world series against the Houston Astros and ALCS because I mean, why not? Right. That's, we can't rule them out in, in this case. And then in the NL side, I think it will be, the man, it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> it will be the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres in the NLCS. So I'm gonna say Yankees Padres World Series. All right, I like it. I like it. Well, I don't like it, but I like it. Yeah, and Padres because, win it because I can't say the Yankees win it. So yeah, I know. Well, the Yankees win the East. I think running away, like you said. I think, I think you're gonna have Toronto in the playoffs. And I think they're going to advance pretty far. I think they will be sort of your, your wildcard sweetheart team that, that mm-hmm. maybe pushes the Yankees to seven in uh, in the, in the DS or the CS, mm-hmm. I think, but I still think the Yankees make it. I think, uh, I think Houston doesn't go just cause I don't want them to, I want someone Fair. else to play the Yankees, Fair. ALCS, but you know, Houston is amazing. They really are. They've really done such a good job building that team. So, so I think on the AL side, it's going to be the Yankees on the NL side who I want to see and who I think it's going to be are two different things. I'd love to see the Milwaukee Brewers make the, the, the world series. I don't think they will, but I'd sure love to see that just, and I'd also love to see St. Louis get back. I think that would be a fun series, St. Louis in New York. Uh, but I think uh, it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be the Mets and the Yankees in, in the world series. And I think that the Mets will win it just because I can't say the Yankees will win the world Fair. series. <laughs> you know, you brought up a really interesting point too. 
it would be very cool to see the St. Louis Cardinals make, win the World Series the year that it's Yachty's last, Pujols' yep. is last, yep. Wainwright's last. Yep. That would be a fun story. And you'd probably, you know, probably have Joe Buck on, yep. the, on the call. Yep. That would be, man. As a, cool. as a Rangers fan, it. you know, we hate the Cardinals because of 2011 right. when, uh, when they want, but you know what, that's all water under the bridge. Yeah. If they got, if they got in and especially if they got in playing against the Yankees, there's no way I'm not rooting for the Cardinals in that series. Right. I agree. And David freeze <laughs> is no longer there. So you're that's okay. correct. He is no longer there. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Christian, that was all I had for you. I appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, it has been a fantastic conversation. I'm glad that we finally got this opportunity to do it. I feel like Me this too. has been two years in the making. I know. Um, I'd be more than happy to come on anytime and talk more baseball with you. All right. That is the Raw Report. Christian Raw, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.